Hello, my name is Suzanne Bidley and I'm the commercial editor at Campaign. Welcome to this edition of the Campaign podcast. We're talking today about the most important part of any business, humans. Not the humans inside the business, the ones who work there, but the ones that we want to attract and keep as customers. Some people call them consumers. I rather like humans or people or a suggestion I heard the other day, citizens is pretty good. But what do marketers really know about these humans that are interacting with their brands? Well, the answer is not much. Most businesses have huge amounts of internal data on things like sales and web traffic, and they rely on those for most of their decisions. But the big missing piece has been customer behavior data, the digital footprint that customers leave behind and that provide all those really valuable clues about what they want, how they interact with the brand and you know what aspects could be improved. It seems many companies aren't set up for capturing all this crucial information and then for cleaning it, aggregating it and interpreting it. But don't just take my word for it. In this special podcast, in partnership with HubSpot, I'm happy to say I have some absolute experts with me to talk about how brands might be missing the signs and how customer data is the untapped opportunity in the digital customer experience. I can't wait. So talking with me down the line are Inken Coleman Reno, Senior Director of Marketing in here at HubSpot, Harriet Dunford-Smith, Chief Marketing Officer at Adverity, and Sam Taylor, Head of Customer Value at Direct Line. Hello and welcome, everyone. Hey, everyone. Nice to see you. Morning, morning. Morning. So, more morning. And from that big booming morning, Sam, you have uh, set yourself up to be the first person that I come to. <laughs> Um, you you feel this pressure very acutely, don't you, as a, as a brand which is really at the start of trying to get its head and its systems around all of this customer data and your newish role at the centre of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Direct Line Group is you know is a company that's been hugely successful over a number of years, and you know things have slowed down for, as it has for many businesses in the last um, couple of years, really, with lockdown and, and pressure um, from Ukraine and other things that are really hitting us. So we had to sit back and go, kind okay, of, what is it we need to do differently to drive continued growth? And you know, when you're a brand as big as we are with seven million customers, um, clearly the opportunity. It's just, it's just to engage better with them and drive more value from them. Um, you know, in every conversation, pretty much that we have with our customers are a first date, even if they've been a customer for 10 years. Um, <laughs> so, so the challenge for us has been, you know, how do we get, you know, unlock all that data? And how do we use that to drive value? And my background, and I've been doing a new role now for 10 months, uh, moved from sort of advertising comms role into customer value. And the reason we did that is to say, you know, we don't just want tech people um, to, to lead this challenge. We want people to understand customer journeys, understand customer behaviours, and then use the data to unlock value in, you know, the way we talk to customers when they, when they come to us on the phone or on the web, or when we talk to them in our advertising through outbound communications. And so we're all, you know, just started, just to embark on a, on a whole new journey. And it's not really for us the case of upgrading the MarTech we've had before to do that. It's about starting from scratch. Mm. And there's 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 a sort of tyranny of the blank sheet there as well, isn't there? That's sort of well, what do you go for? It's a lovely it's a lovely problem to have, but also quite terrifying in some respects, I guess. It is. On the positive side, you've got yeah, blank sheet of paper from Martech point of view. But on the, on the more negative side, you've got you know years and years of legacy systems um, that are mm. all working on for different brands. Different you know every channel has a different system. Every brand, every product has a different system. So. 
Um, so that's our biggest challenge. But I guess the for me and for many marketers, um, as they start to embark on this real challenge, because everyone's thinking, you know, dealing with the same challenges, is you know, you don't want you, you don't know what you don't know. And you know, many marketers have got strength in brand or in performance or even in CRM. But this is a whole new entity. It's a whole new area. Um, so it's so for me, it's been a massive learning opportunity uh, and exercise really to gain more understanding of how tech and data really works. But but also it's the challenges. You know, many marketers also scared to embark on that journey because it is very complex. You know, unlocking data isn't easy. You know, we've got you know say seven million customers, um, but you know also I should say seven million policyholders, not customers. We don't know. You know, we don't have a single view of customer yet that we're working on. But that involves new stakeholders in the business, working with tech, working with the data team. It means working with different leaders. It means really engaging the top table because the investment you need to make to do this stuff uh, has to be left from the top. Um, you know, and, and also um, there's other challenge we have is, you know, marketing directorship tenure because, you know, you start, you embark on this journey. It could take two or three years to get through mm. it. And many marketers are like, you know what? I don't need to do that on my watch. Mm. So, 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 so this is a very, very different way of looking at marketing and obviously it needs marketers or senior marketers that are, are thinking about you know, how am I going to transform a business in the next two or three years and am I here to stay to do that? Mm. And I guess, um, you know, the senior management having created your role gives you a little bit more confidence, doesn't it, that you are you know, empowered to do yeah. that very thing. It, it does. And I think one of the reasons why I did that is A, because I'm sort of background in media and advertising customer, but also because I can navigate the business. I mean, I've worked in the last five years a much more sort of performance-driven comms role, looking after trading cross-portfolio. Uh, and in doing that, it's a matrix role. And therefore, I've had to build relationships across the organisation. And therefore, in this current challenge, they deemed that one of the most important things, you know, having build relationships with our, you know, our chief technology officer, our chief data officer, our data protection officer, you know, and relationships that marketers don't generally have um, day to day. So, so that's one of the reasons saying actually, yeah, I can learn the tech, I can learn a lot of the outside in stuff, but but building relationships internally to make it happen is the tough bit. Absolutely, Incan. Um... Could you explain, first of all, to any listeners who may not know what HubSpot is and, and does, and then what your experience is of brand sophistication in this area? Yeah, good question. What do we do? Um, to put it, <laughs> put it shortly, I think, you know, to explain it in the most uh, easy way. So I think, you know, think about us at a, as a CRM platform that provides software, you know, to help companies grow and scale. And I think part of that platform are things like marketing, sales, service operations, website management. Um, so anything that touches your customer journey, right? Anything that's front end and that you will need to help grow uh, your company. So that's what we do. And that's what we try to help with. Obviously, data is a big part of that, right? And I see a lot of companies struggling, first of all, with um, their tax stack, right? I think, you know, we did kind of run uh, some data around like how many tech tools, um, companies use, so the average, you know, business will use around 154 SaaS applications. And mm. if you think about that, that's huge, right? So mm. how do you even understand, um, to, like, how you can map a clean and sophisticated customer journey if you have such a 
kind of clutter of tools um, at your hands and disposal and to have clean data. So you'll be surprised, you know, when we speak to our customers, when we, you know, do customer stories and we kind of see how they evolved over the years, um, you'll be surprised how many still go into Excel sheets because, First of all, sometimes people internally don't know how to use the tools, right? Mm -hmm. That's a problem. And then each department is kind of stuck in their own way. And, you know, you're probably missing somebody like Sam, who's hopefully the overarching person who who kind of shows everybody like, this is the way we're going to do it. And you all have to align, you know, everybody who's facing the customer has to adhere to the same strategy. And I think that's um, what we see that that causes the most friction um, of the time, you know, where like divisions of companies are not working with each other, they're not talking, um, you know, and and I think it's it's usually what we've experienced is like one department spearheads it, and that could be uh, most likely marketing, who obviously is at the forefront of like the customer journey or right? wants to analyze that data, and um, then drives the innovation inside. And sometimes that's successful and sometimes that's not because it's really, really depends on leadership, I'll be honest. Mm. So it's not that the tech isn't there for all of this. It's 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 almost there's too much and it's it's been brought in at different times over years and there's no real clear and clean way to to yeah, bring that all together and to get a single view. Is that is that really the point? And it and what you're saying is it needs some kind of someone to take ownership of that and is that marketing is that data yeah yeah and I think like you know marketing always ends up uh, getting most of the responsibilities to some degree right Um, always becomes more techie um, over the past years if you think about it like the ownership of data we have in marketing is huge by now right a couple of years back we only had like email you know um, we had a bunch of open rates and now we have like visitor data, we have engagement data, we know what people consume of, on the content side, we know how people flow through our journey, like, and um, how many times we've talked to them on the phone over chat. It's a huge amount. And I think, you know, there's uh, some change happening um, inside companies where you kind of have to figure out, okay, who does that ownership belong to? If it's in marketing, right, then you kind of like have to lift that department up and say, okay, you're like the owner of the entire journey and you kind of dictate what needs to happen for us, you know, to to make that happen across the entire front end. Mm. Is there a lack of sort of courage involved in this to some extent? Um, um, Where should the onus for that lie? Does Does that lie with with the board who needs to say marketing this is your responsibility or or does it rely on marketing directors themselves yeah i think like marketing um always pushes for that innovation i think like it really is like you know a change that has to happen from the top i truly believe in it because i think you know you have to kind of um build almost like a culture around like you know we want to solve for the customer we want to reduce any friction that we have in our whole buyer cycle and that has to be the core focus of the entire company right so not only marketing sales has to think about like okay are we bugging prospects too much? Are we emailing them too much? Yeah. Are we calling too much? So it kind of, you know, it's a company-wide strategy that you kind of have to question yourself, like, how are we solving for the customer? Um, a good example, like from recent years, like when we thought about our entire customer journey, we came up with something we call the customer code. It's pretty much a set of principles we we um, like to adhere to. It's like, you know, make it easy for people to exit. 
um, make it easy for people to change a contract. Certain things that, you know, might seem pretty standard for, for some now, but um, you would be very surprised how often you have uh, real problems in businesses where, you know, people get stuck in your journey. Mm, absolutely. Thank you for that. Harriet, um, hey. can you, <laughs> hello, <laughs> can you kick off uh, by just telling us briefly what Adverity does, if any listeners don't aren't already familiar um, with it? Yeah, and, of course. And, and then um, I'm interested to hear from a B2B brand, A, what your experience is as a brand, um, and, you know, trying to sort and sift your customer behavior data. And I believe that you work with HubSpot already. And then also what do you see among your customers? Because you have this incredible, uh, you know, eye, a bird's eye view or perhaps bird's eye plus very granular view of what all these other companies are doing. So a bit of a three-part question there, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course, feel free to check in if I've uh, forgotten to mention anything. So uh, just firstly, sure. listening to listening to everyone talk is, is, is super super interesting and it resonates with a lot of what we see in our customer base so just just for those that don't know who we are um at Verities an integrated data platform so we help marketers automate the connectivity transformation and governance of data at scale so just in the spirit of putting things in very simple terms here we help people that rely on data to make decisions we help them to get their data how they want it where they want it and when they need it um, and I'm, you know, I am a B2B marketer um, and I firmly believe that marketing to be credible and to <clears throat> have a seat at the table, they need to be laser focused on, on revenue. Um, and in order to do that, data is the most important thing that you need to have a single source of truth on. Um, and I think just, you know, working at Verity, I've been here for over three years now and I've seen you know, a variety of different types of um, conversations with, with customers and influencers. And we work really closely with marketing leaders and data teams. And I think for me, that's a really key takeaway, which I've also sort of heard from Sam say earlier, is the most successful businesses we see that are really excelling in terms of data maturity they are the ones that engage with us from the marketing and the data or technology sides of the business. You, you will get a lot more traction and buy-in and you'll be much more able to build a business case for the impact that your marketing decisions can make if you have got your technology and your data teams bought into what you're trying to do. How common is that in your experience? So I would say it really, really varies, right? So not naming names, you know, you've got, Fortune 500 companies that will be talking in the press about how sophisticated their data modeling and their data science is. And when you actually scratch underneath the, the, the bonnet, um, just like a lot of other businesses, they're still reporting using manual spreadsheets. They're, they're, they're still copying and pasting you know, data into columns and data into rows. Um, and I think that also you know, matches up with a lot of what we see in a lot of the research we do. So we regularly conduct research to better understand our audience and our market and to actually see how the industry is progressing. And I've got a couple of stats here. So just, just to kind of give you some context as to sort of the, the range of the problem. Um, mm. We did some research beginning of this year um, into CMOs and, and sort of marketing leaders in SMBs across, uh, across Europe. 43% um, of CMOs say they spend more time getting their data into one place than they actually do using it to gain insight. Um, 
a third of CMOs are, are more focused on the impact of the rising number of channels and platforms than increasingly complicated consumer behavior. 77% um, of marketers, they do not have a single unified view of their marketing. 68% um, still depend on spreadsheets for reporting. Um, you know, 30% of CMOs are only reviewing their marketing data once a quarter. Um, and I think that, you know, the, those findings echo what Sam and Incan were talking about earlier. And I think for me, this is not a technology problem. Like marketing data mm. or, or modern marketers are faced with huge volumes of data streaming them from multiple sources. And it is only getting harder and harder. That That's not going to change. Um, and I just think for me, there is a there is a way there is a way forward um it, this isn't a technology problem this is a this is a people problem um and it's a data problem um and i think you know skill sets is probably something that's going to come up come up later but i think for me reverting back to your original question is is what do we see more there in in in, in my perspective there is a real change in the marketing persona um mm. an evolution of a marketer um, it is it is significantly different from what it was 15 years ago. They are much, much, much more data savvy. Um, and I think, you know, th that becomes apparent in, in some of the conversations we have with our customers. You, you can see some incredibly data savvy marketers these days. And I think they're the ones when you think about your hiring needs and, and sort of, you know, what Sam was saying earlier about, you know, am I going to be here for one, two, three years, am I really going to drive mm. this transformation? You're not going to be able to do that without those types of marketers in your teams. And so the role of marketing has expanded and this issue really sort of throws it into sharp focus, I suppose. But is there, what's the answer to that? Big, bigger marketing teams, um, as well as this new sort of hybrid, hybrid marketer, or are there other solutions alongside that that you can see? Um, so, I mean, obviously that's going to vary from your industry and, and your sort of your, your evolution of, of your marketing function within your business. I don't personally believe it's a, it's about increasing the size of your team, especially in the current culture. I think it's much more around <laughs> building efficient teams. Um, for me, it's about a single source of data. It's a single source of truth and that can be accessible to anyone in a business that needs it. I, I see marketers now and sort of asking for access to more than just what we would call marketing data. I think marketing data is a, is a bit of a difficult term in itself these days, because I think it's too limiting. Um, we, we see yeah. marketers asking to pull in logistics data. We see marketers asking to pull in location data. We see marketers wanting access to all sales and finance data. It, it, it's no longer about pulling in your Google ads and your LinkedIn ads and your Twitter ads conversion rates. It's, it's, it's getting much more business focused. So, you know, marketers are looking at business data. They're not just looking at marketing data. So I just think for me, that's something I'm always cautious of when we talk about what this problem is. This isn't, you know, it's not just about marketing data. Savvy marketers, really good marketers will be looking at business data, not just marketing. Hmm, absolutely. So I'm just wondering if, um, you know, the big elephant in the room really is we know we want a single source of truth, but that comes at a cost as well. Um, it's not just, you know, building a team, but there's the cost of all this sort of, sh sh I, I won't call it shiny new tech because it isn't necessarily, mm -hmm. but I'm just wondering how much of a barrier that might be or, or Sam, from your perspective, do you think that in a sense, it's an argument that's already been won 
with finance and CEOs that, that, that actually, you know, it's so blooming obvious that this is required. And it's just now a case of biting the bullet or, or as we head into a really challenging 2023, what's the likelihood of that? Yeah, I, I think... Um... I think that's that's it, and I think you know this because this is as, as we've said, this is not a technological challenge. Um, for you know, this is a mindset challenge, and with the mindset challenge, it's really trying to understand, as you said at the very beginning, humans uh, and human experiences. Um, and so we step back from the you know single view of truth. Well, of course, because you want to understand um, your trans, your, your, your customer transactions, your customer insight your your performance data at a customer level um and so for me it's it's a it's a company-wide um reset and it's a company-wide educational kind of challenge or program around this idea of kind of human experiences and the use of data and it's and so for me if you look at the marketing department the big challenge for us has been to go from you know we've been brilliant measuring effectiveness of brand and performance marketing we now need to go, well, what's the next phase of that? And the next phase of that is understanding the value of customer experiences. And to understand the customer value experiences, you've got to measure it. You've got to understand each touch point. You've got to collect that data. You've got to listen to every click, every conversation, every engagement, because you know the data is the listening. Uh, and then obviously the marketing is the, is the mouth, it's the performance, it's, it's the talking. And so, you know, so, we, so we're moving far more now to understand what is that customer experience what do we need to do in that space? So rather like, you know, what, what brand impact does that have on performance? Or what, what does customer experiences engagement have on NPS? And what does NPS or customer satisfaction have on impact have on performance? You know, how, does, how do you make it easy for me? How do you make it relevant for me? How do you even know me? Do you know me? Um, is more important now than just going, well, how can we drive acquisition or retention or cross-sell? They will come, but they'll come as a result of driving that change. So therefore for us, the challenge has been data literacy. You know, how do we get data people to feel comfortable uh, with data, make it easy for them to access it and use it? Uh, it's to make people, it's to, it's to get the marketing teams to think about audiences versus channels or products um, where we've been before. So we can no longer just sell a motor policy to a customer. We need to service their needs and sell them what we think is relevant for them at the point that they, they come to us for a conversation. So it's flipping. So they're going back to the question around, do you need to increase the marketing department size? Probably not. You just need to repurpose it because many jobs that we have today you know, whether it be digital marketing, PPC, you know, they will all be automated. It's the, it's the audience insight that is where the, where the thinking and the work will be and the data and using the data. The rest of it will be automated. Um, and, and so and the other big, the other area is curiosity. How do you, within the mindset, how do you drive curiosity of what you could achieve with data? So how do you get marketers to think, well, I wonder if I, if I knew that, I wonder if I could do that. Or if I was able to understand that, I wonder if I could do this. And it's that thinking that data sort of, transforms the mindset to think differently rather than what what would it cost me you know what what would i put on a bid on a ppc click you know what, what's my roi on my cpa on a tv ad it's a very different thing you know we're thinking about who do we suppress from different ads rather than who do we target um so it's just a different mindset and the other thing really is you know and this is this goes right across the business right up to cfo when you're talking about data and creating solutions around data and tech it's been really clear on the brief because, you know, us marketers are very good at, at sort of brief scope. 
and changing it and adapting it. And, you know, sometimes we go, well, that's a great brief, but we don't like what you presented back to us. Can you go and do it again? You can't do that in this world because it takes so much energy and effort and cost to build stuff. Um, and so it's not good for a marketer to go, well, that's really good what you built, but can you just add this? Well, no, because if you wanted that, we'd have built it this way. Because um, architecture's not architecture doesn't work like marketing. So, so those things have been really, really big, big changes in the way and the mindset. And we're, we're nowhere near that at the point where you know where we've got that that shift happening. But we've started the journey, and I think that's what's key, really, is just getting just getting that view from the top and going to you know we need this is this is an imperative change. You know, it's that customers expect this of brands these days. You know, the brand the brand is what the brand does, and that's become more important now than ever. Can I jump in and just actually come back to something you mentioned at the beginning, um, Sam, which was, you know, talking about the fact that you've already got sort of buy-in internally to this. And I think there'll probably be quite a lot of marketers listening that, that maybe don't, that they're still trying to, you know, build a business case for actually why this is important. Um, and I, I kind of just wanted to touch on a couple of things that jumped to mind as you said that. You know, firstly, there, there are ways to build business cases for this. You know, when you're talking about impact on, you know, marketing spend optimization, time savings from automation or data operations, things like that. You know, there's quite a few models out there if you are trying to build a bit of a sort of an economic impact on, on sort of if we can automate and we can build this so, single source of truth, this is the actual tangible business benefit you will get out the back of it. And then I thought what I would do is just explain something really tangible to people that may be listening that are thinking, you know, I'm not. I'd like to be a bit more data savvy and I don't really understand where all this inefficiency comes from. So I just, you know, let's just briefly touch on sort of an inefficiency all around data transformation. So for people that don't really know what, what data transformation is and why it's so important and why it causes inefficiency in a reporting process. Think about it this way. Every single data source or platform has its own way of labeling things, right? So when it comes to combining data, creating a complete picture of even the most basic things like total ad spend can be really difficult. So marketers need to understand data transformation. So for example, and again, I'm just trying to make this really tangible for people that are listening. You know, Google ads uses costs, right? And Facebook ads uses spend to display the amount of budget spent on campaigns, ad groups, individual ads. There will be somebody whose job it is within an enormous marketing team, an enormous marketing organization, who sits there and manually, manually goes through all of these spreadsheets. There'll be someone in your agency who is manually going through and correcting columns so that you can actually compare apples with apples, right? That's what we mean when we talk about data transformation. It, it, it's actually what allows you to take all the data from these sources and turn it into a single coherent database. You can already see just in that one, and that's just one example, right? Comparing two different metrics across two different channels how complex this gets at scale and how inefficient it can be. Mm. No, that's really useful. Thank you. Thank you for doing that, Harriet. And Sam, I thought it was interesting that, you know, going back to my, my point at the beginning, that we're not talking about the humans inside the business. And actually, you managed to prove that very, very wrong by explaining all about how important that is, the mindset, the curiosity, etc. So um, that's also really interesting. Great point. Thank you. Um, Incan, we're sort of running out of time here, but I'd, I'm really interested to hear from you what objections and barriers uh, people raise to you when you're talking to them about trying to get to this single source of truth. It's a lot of times that they really, they're not clear 
um, what their single source of truth should be, right? So I think you, literally we're starting from scratch and we're saying like, okay, what touch points do you have with people along your journey? Um, and we're going back to like exercises of like, do some secret shopping, figure out like, you know, how people are ending up on your website when they decide to talk to somebody on the phone, um, when they're interested in your product, like what really happens? What is the ideal outcome you'd like to see? What's the reality, right? And where do we have friction points that we try to solve for? And I think then we're kind of like, okay, we, we've kind of got an understanding of like, okay, this is the journey we're going to have to take. And then we can map the data against it, right? Um, because it usually starts with people not being, they, they come to us, they're like, oh, yeah, I want to automate this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but, you know, what's your vision here? Like, where do you want to go to with your automation? And they're like, I don't know, right? So <laughs> it's it's a lot of, like, knowledge, um, you know, that people kind of, you know, have to gain. I think it's a lot of understanding what's currently happening in their business um, a lot of times. And really kind of then um, using the technology in, a, in the right way, right? Because I think, you know, I often say like, you can automate like so much data, but if your automation, you know, is, is not done correctly, it's going to harm your entire customer relationship more than it really does something, you know, for, for your business. So I think that that's kind of the first steps. And then really identifying um, like, how can we pull in, um, the data points that are really important to you. And I think, you know, Harriet mentioned this, like um, it, it will be different for each department. And I think, you know, to some degree, um, you're going to have to make some trade-offs in the beginning when you get started. I always say this to people, like, you know, they always ego. I'm like, oh, you know, I've, I have think, thought about like my personas and I have like 15 different personas. I'm like, think about like two or three, right? Let's start with them. And let's start with like some first steps on like, you know, what do you want to improve on your marketing side of things, on the sales side of things, on the services, your top three objections. And then we'll go from there. And because, um, you know, automation can also make things very, very complex. Data can make things very complex. So I think it's just really taking people on the hand and kind of saying like, okay, I'll go with you step by step. And once you kind of have a baseline understanding and how things work you can always accelerate and you can always go deeper i know i would just say that you know because yeah, you know many many marketers will go god yeah but everyone's better than me every brand's doing it better than we are and it's you know i don't you know i can't start the journey we're too late da, da, da. and i think that's completely wrong um you know and i always use the the teenage sex example where you know every everyone says they're doing it hardly one hardly anyone is actually doing it, and those that are doing it badly i mean and, and that that is that that is many bits approach to data and you know and i've done a few you know i've been new in role nine months right learning this for the first time and i've done round tables where i've spoken to chief data officers that are learning stuff from me and what we're doing in our business so uh, i think no one should assume that they are way behind the time and that everyone's doing it better than them um because that's where the imposter syndrome sets in and, and that's absolutely 100 not the case well, that, that's a nice, uh, generous and positive view to end on because we're coming to the end of the show now. But before you go, I'm feeling generous because we're recording this in the run up to Christmas after all. So I'd like to grant you each a wish. So please tell me, what would you most like to see happen in the context of unlocking the potential of customer behaviour data in 2023? Come to you first, Harriet. I would say make your data and your tech teams your most important stakeholder. Um, and I think Sam touched on this earlier. 
build your relationship outside of the marketing team I'd say that's that's the wish or the or the wish I would grant or the don't know what the right <laughs> phrasing is but that's the gift I would give um if I was giving this Christmas very nice um Incan. I think like I would give kind of like almost like a homework and exercise, you know, for everybody to come up with like um, the code of your customer journey. Like, what do you want that to look like? And I think like, I'd love to see that like vision happening across all the businesses to really understand, you know, like one, I don't want to abuse data from my customers Two, you know, I want it as easy for them to, to leave us as it is to enter into a relationship with us. So really starting to think about like, you know, how data can help with, um, pretty much like almost like an, the ethical part behind it so in a way your the wish that you would like is to see everybody's new year's uh, resolutions yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one um sam i would have to say with you know with my passion and years of experience in sort of advertising media that um, my wish would be that businesses really unlock their first party data and they start to target in a much more effective way to be more relevant um, to their prospects and customers, because I think the effectiveness of ad campaigns, if we skip forward a year, uh, as media landscapes evolve and addressability scales and measurement improves, um, you know, I just think that we will be in a we would have been a much better world for customers when advertising is so much more relevant and effective, um, you know, and so and that in turn drives more consumer trust for brands. Absolutely, that's a win-win all around from customers and for marketers and that's a brilliant place to end so thank you very much to Harriet Inken and Sam for all your insight and to HubSpot for partnering with us on this episode and to you our listener we'd love it if you would subscribe to the campaign podcast on your podcast platform of choice and if you like what you hear please leave us a lovely review until next time on behalf of the campaign team and everyone here goodbye goodbye (laughs) bye everyone Bye. bye everybody